0: The strategies and concepts discussed are for educational purposes only and do not represent specific investment tax or state planning advice. Investing carries an inherent element of risk and is possible to lose principal and interest when investing in securities. No strategy can guarantee a profit or prevent a loss. The views expressed represent the personal opinions of the presenter or featured guests, not necessarily those of USA Financial or its affiliated subsidiaries. Any opinions or forecasting statements... Are subject to change at any time and without notice. John Cindia is an investment advisor representative of, and advisory services are offered through USA Financial Securities Corporation, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Life Stages Advisory is not affiliated with USA Financial Securities. Life Stages Advisory, Dean or Remington, or any guest we have, are not affiliated with USA Financial Securities. Welcome to episode 87 of WTF, Wealth, Tax, and Finances. I'm your host, John Cindia, certified public accountant and personal financial specialist. Joining me today are. These guys. I don't know who that is. Reming, Dean, and Ten. Yeah. It's Deening. Deen, du- it's Deening, Duper. Yeah. Duper and Deming. That's what it is. Yes. Remington and Dean. Yes. How you guys doing? Good. Good? I got my water. Good. The hydro homies back. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> what we're going to talk about today, okay? I alluded to it in the last episode of about all the proposed government regulations on taxes and what they're looking at doing on these spending bills a million and a half or million and a half a trillion and a half three and a half trillion it's like five trillion why don't they just go and fund social security and medicare we already have the two biggest social programs don't need all the other ones (laughs) okay just fund what you're supposed to fund and do what you're supposed to do damn it uh so yes (laughs) (laughs) guess what um what let's look at a broad (laughs) situation (laughs) first yeah no i'm not (laughs) listen okay on the the tax bills one thing i don't know tax bills are put in i think for like a a 10-year period okay so if you ever look at these things you're wondering why in between administrations nothing's done until halfway through one or whatever and all this stuff anyway they're supposed to put them in for about 10 years so when they're doing all these stupid projections on the government trying to spend our money in stupid ways um what do they do well they scare the hell out of you with uh new tax increases and how are they going to do that by switching things around that they're either going to reduce your uh, deductions which from a backdoor standpoint increases your taxes or they will increase your taxes. In the proposals that they have now, they're doing a little bit of both. They're going to take some things away for the people who are 400 to $450,000 in income or over. But under that, they're still going to increase uh, taxes um, on the intermediate side. And what you look at is the fact, when you get to the 400 and 450,000, they, they sort of brought back what they call that old marriage penalty And what I don't know we'd have to go back 15 20 years that uh, when they talked about the marriage penalty it was like uh, an individual say would have a say they had a tax bracket a, a major tax bracket of a uh, hundred thousand. Well, a married couple would only have 125 mm-hmm. so it wasn't 100 to 200. Okay, so when you stack those, you don't get the same benefit. So it was always saying, oh, I'm going to get a divorce. And then we have, you know, spread our tax brackets. Well, I'm sure the wife never went for that. Okay, (laughs) anyway. But um, what they've tried to do in the last, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years is get that marriage penalty out of there so that if you did look at a $100,000 level, say, then the married filing joint would be 200. Individual would be, uh, or married filing separate would be a hundred, and they they try to go in for the most part and and do that, but now all of a sudden you're going back. The four hundred thousand limit is for an individual. The four fifty is for a married couple. So now all of a sudden they broaden this thing by almost three hundred fifty thousand dollars. So uh, if there's high income earners that are doing that, um, you're looking now at uh, a couple making say. 250000 apiece, that's 500000 All of a sudden, you know, they're going to be hurt by at least $50,000 mm. uh, from that at a higher rate and what's going to happen. But um, even where the tax rates are currently, um, some unusual things came up when we were doing some extensions on some returns this year um, of where the people were, what they had, older couples uh, were able to get a lower uh, tax rate because of some of the deductions that they had but then we also looked at some younger ones that had some decent income and they were totally um, uh, they were totally shut out of some of these uh, tax uh, credits for their kids and some things now they're expanding a little bit uh, for 2021 but they're also going to be looking to um, give some to the lower income, but take it away from the higher income. And you don't necessarily have to be you know, around 400 to 450,000 to start losing these benefits. So you gotta sort of dig deep into these things. Uh, we'll go over a few of these, but um, the reason for that is you're looking at a million, or I mean, a, million, a trillion and a half and three and a half trillion. So we're looking at $5 trillion of new proposed uh, increases in spending. So where are they gonna get that? They're going to get it from taxes, and that's why they're looking at going from 37 now to 39.6, which was an old top tax rate, but um, they had moved the uh, corporate tax rate to a straight 21%, and there was rumblings. Uh, They wanted to look at 28.5. They wanted to have it in lockstep at the 39.6, but that would never go over. Um, they wanted 20 and a half uh, or 28, and then 26 and a half is proposed. I'm figuring they'll go from 21 to probably 25, is what they'll end up having. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're also looking at the situation of uh, they were uh, talking about uh, anywhere from five to 10 million. These, some of these individuals who have their IRAs that have uh, gained some uh, huge amounts of net worth within that. Now they're looking to uh, propose getting those back out, sort of on uh, mainly on the Roth side. So if you think about it, it's like, okay, the Roth comes in, uh, it's put in there and basically comes out, everything's tax-free. So what they're looking to do is accelerate these RMDs and saying required minimum distribution. You don't have um, an age limitation on Roth, but what they're looking at doing now is that if it gets to a certain amount, they may force people to start withdrawing. And they may, they're trying to look at stuff that it may end up being, uh, if it gets over 2 million or 5 million or whatever that number is, then you're gonna have to pull all that other money out. They also may try to get you into a situation where you have to pull out you know, maybe 50% to get down to that. So what does that do? Well, that gets that money out from a non-taxable situation or a deferred status puts it back into the system, and guess what? You're going to start putting it back into play as non-qualified money, but somehow you're going to invest it so that it will get taxed. So say <clears throat> excuse me. So say say the say the max is five million. Okay. Could I pull out and then keep putting back in to keep it at Well, here's the thing. What they're going to do is they're talking about stopping uh, the backdoor conversion. That's one thing. And to me, the backdoor conversion, we've done a few of them, but it was, uh, you know, there's so much paperwork in it, it it really wasn't worth the effort. Because if you're looking at $6,000 IRA, you're doing a non-deductible IRA, then you turn around, you put it in, and you say, I'm converting it from non-deductible, which is a uh, post-tax situation into a Roth, and you know everybody's. You listen to people saying that it's say, like, oh, you know, Monday I'm going to take it out, and then Tuesday I'm going to go put it in Roth. Well, if you look in the law, tax laws and stuff, you know, you can't just do that back door and go wink wink. You sort of have to have a little bit of time involved and all that stuff, and you know, to do it. It's just a smoke and mirrors thing. And it's like, if you get audited, they could tell you that, you know, hey, you were just trying to scam the system because you're making too much money and you can't contribute it, you know, to it or your 401k provider doesn't offer Roth. So you're trying to get it in through the back door. So you're saying like, if I took out like 5,000 and then just put it into something else, mm -hmm. they would be like, mm -hmm. no, if if you turned around and you, first of all, you have to not, um, you have to make, you know, over a certain amount that you're not qualified to put in one in the first place. But you can always do a, a non-deductible contribution to an IRA if you have earned income, okay? So you put the money in, it's after tax, it doesn't have any other benefits, uh, it's going to grow tax-deferred, but you only have that basis of, say, 6000 If it grows to $50,000, uh, or forty-four, that's going to get taxed when you pull it out. Okay, so it's only deferred while it's in there. Then you're going to pull that out. But if you've got a deductible, a non-deductible in a Roth, now you've got a, a huge calculation. It has to go on and um, to say, okay, what's my basis and all this stuff? What am I going to get taxed on? And you've got a lot of different, um, you know, avenues that you've got to follow in order to say, how is this going to get taxed? When am I going to get taxed? What can I actually put in? What's deductible? What's not deductible? But Assuming you, you're making uh, over that amount, um, I'd have to look back at the limitations again, um, but you're, you know, you're around 130 to 180,000, depending on if you're um, you know, single or married or whatever. Anyway, you've got a limitation you can't put into it. The only way you can do that is if you're in a 401k that allows for a, a Roth contribution or a deferral on your part. So you turn around and you do these uh, the backdoor Roth if you're making 2 250 300,000 and you can't do it, 6,000 bucks isn't going to be that big of a deal when you can put in 20 some thousand in into your 401, okay? I just never thought it was worth that because by the time we did it, you put it into this account, and you got to transfer it into another account and the paperwork and everything else. It's not worth the hassle because a lot of the times the people don't have the commitment to leave it in, it's like it's all basis, and they turn around and say, ah, we'll take it out in a couple of years anyway. I need the money for something, okay? So they're not really serious about it, and that's why I never really look at it from that standpoint um, because we've got other uh, deferral capabilities that if you do have a commitment to something that, like I said before, we could uh, set you up with a super Roth and put in, if you're committed and you're making decent money, we can put in 10 20 50000 a year to something that would end up, not having a six thousand dollar limitation on it, and it's going to be a lot more flexible, you know, uh, in future years. But what you have to look at is uh, if they're doing that, they're going to close a lot of these other loopholes. And what they want to do is get that non-taxable uh, money that's being sheltered out into the system, so that either either going to buy and sell, and they can tax you on a short-term basis back into the stock market or something else that. It won't be as um, you know it won't be as lucrative for you but it's also going to give the possibility of generating more tax revenue so even though you're pulling it out and it's not taxed now it's in the system that could be taxed so uh, they just don't want it sitting there anymore so they want it so they can uh, at least get their you know mitts on it and start doing something um, so the uh, their greedy claw yeah so the <laughs> So the Roth is one of the things. The other thing that they're looking at is taking us from about, uh, what is it, 11.7, almost 12 million this year, down uh, 50% cut to, uh, I believe it's close to uh, 6 million. Uh, Yeah, we're at 11.7 right now. I think it was proposed to go to 12 for lifetime exemptions for estate planning. Uh, So they're looking to cut that in half at a minimum, okay, down about 6 million. is that gonna happen? They've been talking about it. Um, it's a good possibility that uh, some of these things will get through, not everything. They're throwing everything they can up against the wall right now. And whatever they're proposing, they're again, they're gonna try and scare the hell out of everybody so that somebody goes and does something, okay? There again, what they're looking at is how can they scare everybody to generate tax revenue to pay for the $5 trillion worth of spending, okay? That's all this is. So you have to take another look at You know, what's in your best interest, not what's um, a knee-jerk reaction and an emotional um, decision you're going to make based on what the government may or may not do. Um, You know, we've had some of the lowest tax rates uh, since Reagan has come in. Um, Prior to that, you know, we were up to 50 to 70% uh, tax rates and uh, automatically went down right away with some of his proposals down to 28%. Uh, top rate. So it's been up and down and all over the place since, but it's still low, okay? Over the last uh, 70, 80 years, we've had some really, really low rates um, throughout this time. So when we start looking at the tax situation, when I had spoken to in a previous episode, it's like diversifying and allocating yourself on investing. It's the same thing with your tax, um, your tax, um, Holdings, okay. You're going to have um, non-qualified, which is uh, what usually what you have in your regular brokerage account or savings account. It's after-tax money, okay. So uh, you have that that you can pull off of. You're not going to be paying any taxes when you pull that out, and it can earn interest or dividends or whatever that you have in it. The other thing is that you'll have. Um, tax deferred or what i call tax postponed deferral means like forever and it's we're just postponing it until you know we take it out and then uncle sam takes the other piece of it so say you got a hundred thousand dollars in your ira well you don't have a hundred thousand you might have seventy thousand right uncle sam's in bed with you so you really only have 70 grand okay so if you look at that, then you've got a uh, tax advantage. And the Roth is a tax advantage situation that you put money in, You whatever growth you get out, it's tax-free. And that's why uh, cash value life policies are one of those things that also have that, but they also have the benefit of being able to put a lot more money into it. And uh, if you have the capability of funding something like that, then you know, give us a call. We can uh, uh, tell you and show you how to do that and, and help you with some of that planning. So you've got... Uh, non-qualified, you've got qualified, you've got taxed, you know, postponed, and you've got a tax advantage. So you're diversifying within your tax holdings because uh, if you went all into Roth, it sounds good, and it sounds like that'd be the best place to put your money, but if they're going to start closing loopholes and forcing you to pull money out, then it's not really going to uh, do a whole benefit. And the other thing is that, you know, theoretically, um, people in a high income bracket, you have to think about it. You're doing a four hundred and one k, and if you're in a thirty percent, say you're in a thirty percent tax bracket, and if you're getting that tax deduction, you're putting in a thousand a month. Um, you got thirty percent. Basically, the government, you know, is paying thirty percent or three hundred bucks. So you put in a thousand, and it only really costs you seven hundred dollars. Okay, but you got to pull that out now. Well, theoretically you're probably not going to make in in past years is what they're thinking was you're going to be optimum uh, income is your working years uh, probably your last five or so till you retire after that you'll be on social security maybe a pension or some other investments or whatever not making as much and go from a 30 percent down to maybe 10 15 20 percent and you know we've been finding that is in the case in some instances but not all And um, so you need to look at it from a perspective that if I'm in a 30% bracket, but I'm still in a 30% bracket, then does it make sense to turn around and and do a, you know, a pre-tax or a post-tax type situation like a Roth? And, um, but there again, you don't know. So you need to have a little bit of each of these things and, you know, put those into Uh, a perspective that if you can do it outside of a 401k and you're under the income limits, do a Roth, do your 401 as a deferral. Uh, If you have the capability of it, you know, do both. Um, But, you know, fund whatever's getting matched first, I would think. And uh, whether it's 3% or someone I talked to the other day said that they, uh, there's uh, matches um, 50%, You know unlimited to whatever they have so it'd be sort of nuts you put 20 grand into your uh, 401k they're going to put 10 grand in you got a 50 percent return um and the market hasn't even done anything more free money yeah it's like come on you wouldn't do this to uh max out or do whatever so um you got a a lot of different things that you have to look at and sort of maneuver and and uh, you know weave your way through uh, not only the tax situation but the investments where you're going to put it and uh, you know, don't look at it from the perspective of saying, "Oh, geez, you know, the government's going to do this." Well, you know, the government could turn around and increase taxes again. They could turn around and start putting a wealth tax in. Some of the administrative people um, on the, the uh, Democratic Socialist type side want to sit there and say, "Hey, we want to create a wealth tax." So if you know, you've got a three, two, three, four percent. Uh, wealth tax on anybody that having uh, a net worth of over a million or $5 million, they want to hit that every year. Well, you know, they could impose anything like that. So uh, whether you're it's from a wealth perspective or it's from an income perspective, you have to look at it from what types of investments you have and how are they being held. Are they being deferred? The Roth, if they want to start pulling that out, well, maybe it's better non-qualified. On the non-qualified side, are they going to turn around and tax the dividends and maintain those at 15%. Now they're talking about having those up to as high as 39.6% again. Um, They've also talked about, you know, we've got them at at 20% if you're over $250,000. Now they're looking at possibly putting that up to 25% or more, that could go to 39.6. And doing away uh, with, uh, you know, capital gains taxes on that stuff, same as dividends and not looking at step up and basis. So, you know, you've got so many of these things that they're throwing out, they're throwing everything out there. These are all going to have to be uh, discussed. And if you start looking at all of the things that they're trying to throw out here, you would absolutely, you know, go nuts with this stuff. So it's the same thing as worrying about what's happening on the investment side of, you know, what's going to be allow, allowed or allowable. And, um, I think it's not just the fact of worrying about whether you're making four hundred thousand or more, or four fifty as a family, or anything like that, but um, you have to look at you know what your best situation is, what's happening currently, and sort of follow along because um, one of the proposals that they're looking at is on the uh, the capital gains side. They might step that back to September thirteenth, so we're already past that date. So if you've done that, there's certain things that you won't be able to do going forward. Um, So, you know, it's always one of those things that, uh, you know, in the last few years and stuff, we have waited on our side from a tax prep side till the middle of December sometimes. And they made everything retroactive to January. And we've had some people that ended up buying equipment in the last 15 days of the year. Because we didn't have a time to plan it. We're trying to do that in the last 15 days to make it retroactive to January 1. Uh, other times they're doing it and it's like, no, we don't have time for that. Um, we're going to have it, you know, prospectively or do something. So, you know, it, it, it's hard to do some tax planning. It's hard to do any investment planning. So what you have to do is there again, see what's best for you and uh, not just have a knee jerk reaction to all this stuff. Um has any of that this um surprising you guys or not? mean, a lot of this is just stuff I never I thought. make your head explode. Yeah, it's a lot to take in, but I mean, you know just go back and re-listen to this after the fact <laughs> and just let it all soak <laughs> in. But yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm just skimming the surface. I mean, there are hundreds and thousands of pages, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands of pages in these proposals that they're going in. And um, while the administration says that the million or the trillion and a half okay million you got million on the mind i don't know what it is <laughs> trillion I'm, it's hard for me to say ta-ta, trillion <laughs> uh bu- 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 billion is uh, hard enough uh that the trillion and a half has nothing to do with the three and a half trillion well, you know they're always interrelated Republicans are sitting there saying they're not, and the Democrats are thinking that they are because they're over on one side telling you what they're going to increase, and then they take it on the other side and say how we're going to increase that, how we're going to increase the revenue. It's by taxing and doing a waiver deduction. So, um, so yeah, it's going to impact everybody. And uh, some of the other things I was looking at that when they say 400000 $450,000, uh, do not believe that for a second. A lot of this is going to trickle down into the, um, the middle-income person and if you're making 100 to 150,000 as a family unit or so that almost seems like um, you know you have to do that in order to be able to survive today um, and and not at a in uh, an extravagant lifestyle well, either yeah. um, that the um, middle income person is is going to get hit and they'll probably be uh, I can guarantee you they're going to take the brunt of this because they can't milk out enough money out of the 1%. And the people on the lower end that are probably under fifty dollars to $70,000 of income don't have enough income. So guess where it's going to hit? It's going to hit the middle class because that's where everybody falls. And if you think that they're not going to turn around and take advantage of that by something that's in the law that you won't even know about, you're totally mistaken. So I think that's where a lot of this stuff is going to come out. And there again, they don't want you to do a a backdoor Roth, they're gonna backdoor you on something else too. And um, and it's always a tax situation. So that's why when they say 39.6 max tax, uh, oh yeah, well, let's see, the SALT regulations, the uh, state and local taxes and everything, whenever they uh, limited that to the 10,000 deduction, we had people that lost twenty, thirty thousand, forty thousand of deductions because they they were uh, limited on their state and local taxes, on their real estate taxes, and any other property tax that they had to ten grand. But they had fifty thousand the year before. So you know you do that at a at a thirty percent rate. You know you've got twelve thousand dollars more that you're looking at in taxes. The rate didn't go up, okay, but the amount of income subject to the taxes that that rate did, okay? So if you look at what they took away, take that percentage and you add it on. So this 39.6%, you know, you could be looking at a 40, you know, 45 to 52, 53%, and then you got your state taxes and then your city taxes or school district taxes or whatever else you got, Um and people are going, geez, I got that and everything else. You bring you, up nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're over a lot of people. You know, just on the um, and when I say middle income, I'm saying you know that you can have hundred fifty to two hundred thousand um, dollar, you know, wages for the family household, be in a twenty uh, seven to thirty percent bracket, and having these types of uh, taxes hit you uh, if you don't do any planning. And, uh, that, you know, it could be over 50%. You don't have to live in California or New York. You know, you can be right here where we're at, but if you have certain deductions that are limited, um, you know, you've got, um, you know, you've got to sit there and do some thinking about what's going to happen. You're just going to take a standard deduction, you know, versus itemizing. So, um, so you have to take those things into consideration and that's where the majority, um, of you know the um, the income is going to be coming from so and you know it, it, they're trying to get it and I don't have a problem with uh, uh, some of the things that they're doing to try and get you know capture more income but the way they're trying to do it is targeting certain areas and I think that they could be um, you know looking at it from a different perspective but um, rather than allowing people to have you know a better lifestyle and not have to worry about uh, tax or investment consequences, but to uh, do it in such a way that, you know, we don't need $5 trillion of new, you know, new things out there. Uh, we've got social programs, just do what they're supposed to do, Social Security and, uh, you know, Medicare, but they keep wanting to expand into other things and they're not even taking, um, taking care of what we've got that, you know, have major issues. Uh, now they're talking about Medicare being out of money by 2024, you know, that's three years from now. And then social security is dropped from, um, uh, was going to be in, uh, let's see, they were talking 20 where we were in now, 2021, they were talking 2037. Um, then it went to 2035. Now they're talking about 2033 and some predictions are 2028. So, um, you know it's getting compressed because we've got a few more years left yet until the baby boomers hit their final 65 year old person hitting Medicare and getting ready for um, Social Security. So once that hits, um, you've got this huge influx of there's going to be a big blip here because in the last, what, 18 months to two years with COVID, you've had all these people unemployed, not working, not contributing. And now all of a sudden, you're going to get all these other people out of the other end and wanting to start drawing benefits off the Social Security and Medicare side. So, you know, it's it's a bigger issue than what uh, Congress is thinking, that they're going to kick that can down the road. So if they put this $5 trillion in, uh, they're going to be looking at another 3 to $5 trillion just to try and fund this in the next few years. So, uh, yeah, it's it's got to lead to inflation at some point. You, we just can't keep... Uh, um, you know, printing the money and everything. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look good from that standpoint. And we just got to get some th- people reined in on this stuff. But um, what you have to do is look at it from your perspective, keep an ear to the, you know, listen to what's going on, filter 99.9% of this stuff because it's crap mm-hmm. and see what's going to impact you. And, uh, you know, talk to a CPA like myself or a financial planner like myself, someone to try to guide you and maneuver you through this stuff, you know. Where can they email you, Brad? <gasps> Glad you oh, asked. You want some information? You want to have your head totally explode? <laughs> I can do that for you. But you have to email me at jcindia at lifestagesadvisory.com and subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> And God, what you can this? listen to a radio, what what yes. a radio show. Yes, radio show on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio, you can listen to us on all the major stations there, right? oh. Outlets, stations, whatever we got. Anything you can guys can think of. Yeah, just make sure you share the videos with as many people as you think could you use this amazing advice. Exactly. So until next time, see ya.